T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's time for a noon kick. Let's go, baby. Come on, let's have some fun, man. This is Danny and Dusty on Football Friday. Brought to you by the Odyssey app. Download the Odyssey app, follow 1080 The Fan, and enable push notifications to get the latest on the Ducks, Beavers, Blazers, and more. Danny and Dusty on Odyssey and 1080 The Fan. Good afternoon. Happy Football Friday. I love this Football Friday. Felt like a Football Friday today. I don't know about where you lived. It, uh... We had the fog in the low-lying areas. Oh, you know, it, it was, was it awesome. Was, it was bad in Newburgh. Here we go. This is what this is football weather. We have great football weather. It's cool in the mornings. It'll get hot in the afternoon, and then it'll cool right off at night. This is what I'm talking about. It finally feels like football season is here. It finally flipped, and I cannot be more excited about it. I'm pumped. Here you know, we are. This this the next two and a half weeks are the best sports weeks in all of sports. Yeah. We got baseball on. We had baseball at 9 a.m., a little behind the curtain of uh, how radio works. Dirt and I were in here at 9.15 this morning taping an interview. Prepping for the old duckies. (laughs) Yeah. We we had a prep meeting. No, we taped an interview with uh, Brian Jeffries, the play-by-play man for Arizona for tomorrow's pregame show. Uh, which starts at 2 o'clock with Anthony Newman, Dirt, and myself. Sell, 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 baby. That's right. Uh, leading you up to the 6 o'clock kick between the Ducks and Arizona. But we were in here at 9.15, and we had live baseball. We had the Guardians playing a baseball game Weird. on our TV. Guardians undefeated in their postseason history. No. No. And that's the thing. Dirt and I were sitting there, and Dirt goes, hey, I haven't seen the Indians play all year. I go, well, that's because they're the Guardians now. Probably why you haven't seen them on your TV, Dirt. (laughs) But I refuse. (laughs) You you just put my brain in a brief pretzel. I'm like, no, they're not. I've seen them. I saw them lose game seven of a World Series to the the Chicago Cubs, for God's sake. The Guardians are undefeated in postseason. The Guardians are. The Guardians are, which is a horrible name. But you know what it's better than? Commanders. It is. It is still better than the Commanders. Is it better, though, considering what they did with the logo? That they, they tilted the Indian logo and used the same temp- template and just changed it? Uh, yeah, I mean, they didn't want to go full rebrand. I, I still can't believe that. They're like, we don't want to change the template. Just turn it sideways. Well, yeah, whatever. Italicize it. Just <laughs> beep. That they thought nobody was going to catch that to me the, is still one of the most ridiculous. One things. thing I don't like is the uh, the baseball G winged G logo. I don't 
I don't. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, they, no, they, I don't like that. You, you've you've seen the the drawings, right? Yeah, like they you just can, you can overlay the, the Indian yeah. over the top. It's quite literally the same. But what I'm saying is that the actual logo that they they finished with, no, I'm out. I'm out on that logo. I am. Uh, they sh- getting rid of what Chief Wahoo or whatever they call them. Yes, agreed. They should have that logo. <laughs> the Guardian name. Mm. Come yeah, on. Everything about that, like, eh, it but, all sucked. You know, I go, I go back, and, and this is what I th- always think of when they rename teams, when they name teams. Like, the Guardians actually isn't all that bad because it is hyper-local for them, right? They have the on the bridge, it's the Guardians of Cleveland or whatever to protect the city from itself uh, because, you know, Cleveland. Um, but <laughs> but with, <laughs> with that, like, it is hyper-local. Like, the Brooklyn Dodgers, right? They were the trolley Dodgers because it was hyper local, something to Brooklyn, right? The New York Metropolitans. If if somebody was called the Metropolitans now, we'd just crush them for them and be like, that is so stupid. How about the team that's playing right now, the Philadelphia Phillies? It's a ridiculous name, but you know what? It's been there for a hundred years, so we're like, hey, you know what? That fits. It works. In time, I think the Guardians will will grow on us and it'll just become normal. But the Commanders, nah. No, man. Everything about that sucks. That's just more Dan Snyder, I think, in my mind. The Commanders will never just grow never grow on me. I mean, and it's all Dan Snyder's fault. Does it fault. suck? Yeah, it does. Then it's Dan Snyder's. All right, there we go. Um, okay. That was sporting right off the bat. We've got baseball that is going on. Uh, I'll give you a quick what's coming up on today's show here. We have John Sukanik at 1245. We are going to get the last comments from the number one Mariner superfan, John Sukanik, right before he goes into conclave, he goes into a private meeting. Uh, when the Mariners' result is is in, he you will see the white smoke <laughs> come out like he's naming a new pope uh, for his player of the game, and he'll come out and I hope it's the player of the smoke. game. <laughs> and we are going to get him right before he locks himself into his man cave. This is an exclusive interview. This is a big one that we're getting with Big John Sukanik at twelve forty five. One if by land, two if by sea. He is going to be a nervous wreck. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to try to take all of those nerves right out of him and put them out on the table for everybody yes. to see. Because it's been 21 years. Open his guts and let everybody see. You know, John Sukanik does not drink. The postseason drought is old enough to drink, for God's sakes. <laughs> like, that much. is... We, I was talking to this, a couple of Mariners fans at, at the Blazers game last night. And we started talking about, uh, you know, incredible win totals and stuff like that with the the Dodgers this year. That they, they were came close to the National League record, right? And they're like, "Yeah, don't talk to me about this." The Mariners, the last time they were in the playoffs, won 116 games. <laughs> and I was like, "He's like that was the last time." Yeah. And I was like, "Oh, that's right." Yeah. Yikes! And like they finished with the same record as they did last year, but this year is good enough. <laughs> All right, whatever. That's baseball for you. It's so weird. Right? So we're going to have Big John on. He'll join us uh, coming up at uh, 1245, Mariners' first pitch at 107. So if you are a Mariners fan, let's go. Um, I ho- I, honestly, I hope you took the day off of work or you're getting away from work for a little bit or you, you, you're lucky enough to have a TV at work or whatever the situation is. Enjoy this because it has been way too long. And it, you know what's also upending this year? What? Sacramento Kings are going into their 20th year <gasps> really? without a playoff. Right with the Mariners making it, the Sacramento Kings became number one in North American sports of uh, their playoff drought. 
That's even more sad because mm-hmm. over half of the league makes the playoffs mm-hmm. into the NBA. What's funny is the year that they should be tanking is yeah, the year yeah. they're gonna like they're gonna sneak in in a playoff in a play in spot. Oh man! Well, you know what? This is not the year to tank because of so many other teams doing it. I was thinking about this the other day. The Victor Win Binyama sweepstakes, right? Everybody's wanting to tank for him. What if you don't get the number one pick? Well, it's not, here's the thing. It's not like listen. Victor is the prize. Scoot Henderson, Scoot is, Henderson is good. a prize. The Thompson twins are prize. Like this is the two. Can you use one draft pick and get both? That'd be great, right? Mar- Markeith and Marcus Morris style. Yeah, or just they like one foul shot. You can just yeah. swap them. Yeah, no. Amen and Azure uh, Thompson are are six seven freaks. All right. This is the 2003 NBA draft all over again. Like if you're in the, right. if you're in the top five, this is a place you want to be. All right. So. And so the Kings will make the playoffs because they never get it right. All right, yeah. And the Blazers didn't tank this year. They did it last year. Yeah, but we'll talk about it later. They may have gotten... Oh, boy. They may have gotten a dude. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. We're talking about Maccabi run na 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 Yeah, I don't know. I... Ra-na-na. Bingo! That's it. Ra-na-na. Maccabi Ra-na-na. And... This is the most Blazer. This is our. Uh, I feel like I go back to this all the time. When Blazer fans overreact, it, it reminds me of. Remember Armand Johnson? No. Everything goes back to Nevada, Armand Johnson. Nevada great. Yeah, where he, they brought him up in the G League. It was the D League then, yep. and he had like a good game, and yeah, everybody's yeah. like, "The future point guard." Well, the problem was, yeah, guess it, what they. Drafted Dame yeah. <laughs> the next year. The, well, leading up to that, because they they screwed up the uh, the O five draft with Chris mm. Paul. It was the the Blazers were without a point guard outside of Andre Miller for years, a young point guard, and they latched onto everybody. Whether it was Bayless, Telfair, Armand oh. Johnson, it was if you were a point guard man and you had a pulse, you were the future point guard of the Portland Trail Blazers. Yep, it was rough. All right, uh, anybody feel the earthquake today? Was that an earthquake? You didn't know? No. Yeah. We had an earthquake today. No. Where? Uh, 4.4 earthquake, uh, like around Salem area. Like uh, uh, like in between Salem and Eugene, just oh, east okay. of it. Some people are saying that they felt it. I don't buy that hogwash. It was like at 5.52 a.m. Uh, I think it was near like Sweet Home. I think it is, is officially like where it was. 14 miles from Sweet Home. 14 miles from Sweet Home. Which 4.4 isn't bad, though. I mean, that's uh, that's some rumbling that uh, you can I'm, get there. I'm looking at the map right now. Yeah. I technically, I think I should have felt it. Like they, they show technically, like, you should have, like but you didn't. The the reverberations of yeah. it. Um, I'm trying to zoom no. in on it, and yeah, I, I no, I should have. Right. My house falls within the rings. So that's a no. But yeah, no, I did. Yeah, not. that's a no. You did yeah. not. You did not feel the earthquake. If I did, I rolled over and went back to sleep. Uh, this is your annual reminder that the big one's coming, guys. hey The big one is coming. So, no, I didn't feel the earthquake either. I never feel earthquakes, so I was at the coast when I was like a, when I was a kid, and the, there was like an earthquake on the coast, and everybody else woke up, slept right through it. Everybody's like, oh, did you feel the earthquake? And I woke up, I was like, nope. I, I've, I've been, I have, I have felt big earthquakes before. I did, and when I was in high school, we had an earthquake, and I was like one of the only people to feel it. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a creepy feeling. My health teacher slash track coach, Jim Smith, he's a P1, what's up, Smith? 
Uh, Shout out. He was none too happy with me because the reason why I felt it was because I was falling asleep in his class. Er. <laughs> I was like almost asleep. And you know how you get the wobbles? Mm-hmm. Like I got the wobbles and almost fell out of my desk. And then I realized the whole room was wobbling. And I was like, guys, something's happening yeah. here. Earthquake. We all catch it on here. No, it's the uh, the World Series quake in '89. Yeah, uh, I was up there for that, and so I actually felt that. Whoa. It was, it was you were at the World Series? Uh, no, we were up. Uh, we were up there just visiting. Oh, okay, uh, I thought you said you were like there at the for, for the World Series. No, 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 no. Okay. no. Uh, we were up there watching the game with with, with friends and family, but uh, on my birthday. That's scary. So, so I always so I always remember that one. Yeah. Well, of course you would. So that's scary stuff. Ruined my birthday. Oh, no. The, Rude. The earth was so happy that you were born, Danny. It decided to give a little truffle shuffle for you, huh? Well, I mean, in, in, in honor of the Goonies, which I think came out in 89. 503-250-1080. That is the fan text line. Um, we have a lot that we need to get to today. We have sport and non-sport. Well, we got sucker punches that we need to get to. Those happened today. We got MLB play at postseason going on and starting and getting underway. One game's already in the books. The Guardians uh, took a 1-0 series lead over the Tampa Rays with a 2-1 win. Phillies and Cardinals are underway. They're already in the fourth inning. These games are flying by. Mariners start at the top of the hour. We'll talk to John Sukanik at 1245. But where we need to start this show, uh, Tom Brady was right. Danny and Dusty on the fan. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is a Football Friday edition of Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by the Odyssey app. On 1080 The Fan. Fourth and one. Yeah, coming in hot. Just like the heat Surveys, good protection, slides, fires, broken up in the end zone. Gilmore on Sutton. The final call on Amazon Prime last night. Boy, oh boy, that was doo-doo that we had in Thursday Night Football. We had an overtime, I'm not going to call it a thriller. Uh, it was like, It was like getting a root canal. I think the root canal is better. You're gonna that was a that was a a root canal Thursday night football game where you know you need it. It's not. It's gonna be for the betterment. <laughs> Overall, it'll you're, feel better. You're not. You're not convincing me. But it's gonna be painful because you and know, it was painful. Nobody needed that last night. We needed to get through that. No. You know what we needed to see? Mm. We we needed to see twelve versus nine so we can appreciate everything else that's gonna happen. This weekend in football, I will not let Thursday night football take me down from what will be an awesome weekend of college and NFL. 
But Tom Brady was right. Tom Brady just the other day said about the parody in the NFL, we played the audio. I see a lot of bad football being played. Last night was just that. We had seven three and outs between the Indianapolis Colts and the Denver Broncos. That game was atrocious from the beginning, including a series of drives where we had four three and outs in a row. And I w- the only thing that stopped it from being five is the Indianapolis Colts had one first down. They had a four and out. And then we went to four straight three and outs in that first half. And that kind of set the ta- tone and set the table for what was going to transpire the rest of the game. It was bad quarterbacking. It was bad offense. It was bad play calling. I will say this, though. You really going to try to find a redemptive quality in this game? The defense was good. The offense was just that much worse. You got two good defenses. We got two good defenses. Are they? Yes. Yes. Denver's defense was good last year, too. Indy's defense is good. I don't... Ish? No. They got a former player of the year? I don't think Indy's defense is good. I just think that the the games that they have managed to win have ended because Stephon Gilmore made game-winning plays. Denver's defense ranked uh, by Pro Football Focus as, I think, seventh in the NFL heading into last night. So, I, I mean, yes, the defenses are good. What's the best offense Denver's The offense played? was so bad, though. I'm just trying to think. What's the best offense Denver has played? Raiders, right? Uh, yeah, but I, I, you can't go over that because everybody's got some turds on their schedule. But, a, but they have more, more turds. Like They've played the 49ers and the Seahawks. Denver Broncos currently have the second-best defense in the NFL. Because they've played a bunch of turd burglars. You leave the Seahawks out of those turd burglar comments right uh, now, yeah. sir. Yeah, they have played the Seattle Seahawks uh, week one. Anybody ever heard of it? And the it upset? A 17-14 masterpiece? Yeah, because Seattle <laughs> couldn't score. Guess what Seattle put up on the... Well, Detroit's not a great example. <laughs> <laughs> they put up 48 points in an NFL game. I'll just leave it at that. I'll leave it at in an NFL game. They put up points. No, the defenses are good, but the offense overshadowed it because of how atrocious it is. This is a league, and and I say this with, like, the caveat in all of that is to say in a league geared towards offense, when you have two quarterbacks that Matt Ryan obviously is not an NFL quarterback. He's in the back. He's cooked. Not just the back end of his career. He's at the end of his career, right? Somebody pulled him out of the 19th hole. That's what happened. I don't understand why they didn't go to Nick Foles at, any point in that game because I was like, who's the backup there? And I was like, what? Nick Foles at any point in this season, like Matt Ryan has not been good. Like he's been objectively bad. Not a, he can garrish through up. He's like, are, are they trying to tank? Like if they're trying to tank fine, you know, ride this thing out. But if you're trying to build something and you're, you're trying to go forward, what the hell are you doing? I don't know. They, they're not pulling out of anything last night because of the fact that, Matt Ryan was atrocious. Russell Wilson was atrocious. And that game, it set football back. <laughs> it set football back. We've had a couple of those this year already. Yep. Okay, I, I asked you this after week one. I asked you this after week two. I asked you this after week three. And I'm going to ask you this after week four. Mm. Who's a bigger problem in Denver? Hackett or Wilson? Mm. Look, that is a very good question. Um. 
and that one that one deserves a lot of time because look as as we unpack this game there's plenty of blame for both of those guys to get around the happiest person right now has got to be Matt Ryan because Matt Ryan is escaping everything yes. based on the fact and, and Frank Reich right Frank Reich and Matt Ryan are escaping the fact he was hot garbage in that game because Russell Wilson and Nathaniel Hackett said, no, it's okay, guys, we got you. Matt Ryan and Russell Wilson combined for last touchdowns, four interceptions, three fumbles, 10 sacks taken in an NFL football game. You right? had Q- respective QBRs of Matt Ryan at 20.2, Russell Wilson 15.9. Neither of okay. them cleared 21. But when you look at the fact that, uh, and you look at this conversation of, Russ or Hackett, you have to take this entire game into context, right? Because the, especially the fourth quarter, because when nothing is going well, right? And you Mm -hmm. are, you're trying to move down the field and you get the, you start the ball with like six minutes to go. Like, I don't know if you can ask for any better scenario. If you're Nathaniel Hackett in in the Denver Broncos, right? Mm -hmm. Think of this. They get the ball with 645 to go Mm -hmm. in the fourth quarter. On Denver's 15-yard line, mm-hmm. you have 85 yards that you need to go, mm-hmm. and your offense has been an absolute disaster. Yes, show. Okay? You've, you've mustered nine points up to this point. You go ahead, and what do you do? You go Melvin Gordon up the middle, Melvin Gordon left guard, Boone right, off right tackle, Boone off right tackle. You get a penalty. Boone goes off uh, left tackle for three yards. Boone off of right guard. You all of a sudden are marching the ball down the field, and you are running the ball effectively. They went five straight plays where they ran the ball to start that drive. Then they throw with Russell Wilson, and they end up picking picking up first downs. You get a big chunk play, right? And then all of a sudden you have first and 10 from the 19-yard line, okay? You have taken... Four minutes and 20 seconds off the clock. That is a perfect scenario. That is all you could ask for. You have 227 to go in your Nathaniel Hackett and Russell Wilson, right? So you Nathaniel Hackett to that point played that drive to perfection. Yeah, to a T. Russell Wilson executing to perfection, right? And this goes back to you mentioned this yesterday, the 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 Lincoln Riley quote, mm-hmm. right? On yesterday's show. It's not what you call, it's how you execute. In the red zone, that's what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. They get to the 19-yard line. You are just inside, and all hell breaks loose, right? You, st- you get uh, 14 yards to Sutton. Then you run the ball again for one-yard gain. You are third and four at the 13-yard line with two minutes and 13 seconds to go. If you- By the way, Indianapolis had just called their final timeout, okay? You run the ball. Okay, at that point, and you are a chip shot field goal. I know that they'd had one uh, blocked earlier, right? There'd been a blocked field Mm -hmm. goal earlier in the game. I'm not worrying about that. What I'm looking at is you are in a 9-6 to football game with two minutes to go in a team that has had an inability to show you they can throw the ball against you or really do anything against you offensively. If you kick that field goal... They have under two minutes, and or they would have two minutes and no timeouts. Yes. To get a touchdown. To get a touchdown. Instead, they throw the football, 
and you'd run the ball. I just said, we just went over five straight runs to start the drive, and you mm-hmm. marched down the field with you running the ball. And this is where I go, Nathaniel Hackett, you have to run that ball on third and four. Kick the field goal and trust your defense, which has been great for you all night long. Okay? The Colts' biggest play of the night last night, you know what it was? Hmm. 21 yards. That's ridiculous. That is the That's biggest ridiculous. play they broke all night. And what, what ended up happening? You throw the football on third and four from the Indianapolis 13-yard line. Russell Wilson gets picked off. Because he tried the best corner in the NFL, Stephon Gilmore. <laughs> and here's the thing. You want to... And, they, and then Indy goes down and kicks a, a, a field goal. To then tie it goes it to overtime. Over. And guess what? They did it again. Except they get the ball after Indy's kicked a field goal now. And you've got to go down and score, right? Okay, yeah. fine. No, no, no problem. Three plays. Three plays. You are in the red zone. And you get to fourth down, and instead of running the ball and getting the first down, because they're, what, the the 19? Mm. Again, the 19. (laughs) Instead of getting the first down and having three cracks at the the end zone, you opt to throw the ball. Well, they were on, no, they were on the, they were on the five-yard line at the end of the game. Oh, sorry, you know, in overtime, overtime, yeah, yeah, they got down to the five, it was fourth and one. Instead of running the ball and getting the first down, you opt to throw the ball, and your quarterback misses the read entirely. Yeah, and that is where you go fourth down and one. What, what are we doing here? I, Nathaniel Hackett, I am for Nathaniel Hackett in overtime going for it in that situation. It is This is football. We have winners and losers, <laughs> okay? I am okay with, with getting out of there and, and trying to go for a win. It's how you did it, right? Because your quarterback had had an inability to execute largely all night long. There had been, when you have that many sacks in a football game, when you have that many interceptions and you're just so off rhythm, you need to run the football. And that's what, look, we'll pick it up on the other side with what Richard Sherman had to say because this makes that conversation in the question that you brought up. Who, who is worthy of more of the criticism here? Is it Hackett or is it Russell Wilson? Because Russell Wilson's going through some stuff right now. To say the least. Danny and Dusty on the fan here. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. It's a football Friday edition of Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by the Odyssey app. On 1080 The Fan. All right, we're unpacking the Thursday night football game between the Indianapolis Colts and the Denver Broncos. And 
Look, there was a time I had a horse when I was a kid. And my dad... A mini horse me, or a full no, horse? No, a full-grown horse. His name was Cisco. Uh, my dad told me when I got home from school that uh, Cis- Cisco had gone to live on his friend Elmer's farm. Oh. That, that game needed to go to Elmer's farm last wow. night. Wow. <laughs> yeah. did, you, did you understand the reference? Had no idea until were, like were years you, later. Were you hunting down Elmer's farm? I was like, who's Elmer? Uh, yeah. Never met Elmer. Never met Elmer. Never didn't understand the reference. I mean, and I'm talking far too long. Like I was like in like like kindergarten, maybe first grade when this happened. And it was like high school. It was like high you? school. I was like, uh, like, like, like uh, somebody said it once, and you were like, it like you all of a sudden you just flash back to five year old Dusty. Uh, oh yeah. God, that's like, where he went. That okay? Yeah, it makes sense now. My horse was really old. <laughs> it went. It went, and he didn't want to tell me like what, like they were going to put it down, but that's uh, that that's the route he went, and I it didn't put it together. Hey, it worked, it worked on my little brain, and I was just sitting there watching that game, going, "Man, this game needs to end. It needs to it needs to go to Elmer's farm." Is the only thing that I could think of as I was watching that game last night. I felt bad for at times. I felt bad for both of the quarterbacks, right? Because isn't it amazing how? You can go from in Indianapolis, truly having one of the best offensive lines in the game, and in having the best guard and interior lineman in all of football, and Quentin Nelson, and then have everything else just absolutely fall apart around the line. Like when they're, you have uh, Kelly Ryan Kelly, their center, he gets hurt, he goes out how thin offensive lines are in the National Football League because you only have 53 guys, and there's not a hell of hell, a lot of great players. We got this morning, the Broncos lost Garrett Bowles for the season to a broken leg. Yeah, and that's even more brutal, too, because if it was just a broken leg, you'd like six to eight weeks, right? Well, they're saying there's there's Other surrounding damage, damage yeah. that when that's you, what sucks. Because that Clean breaks are okay. Yeah. You want a clean break yeah, is no. better than having any ligament or tissue. Yeah, because when you start ripping through tissue, that's that's actually the stuff that takes longer to heal. But to see how quickly like that offensive line can just go from being great to burp, gone, right? Seattle, Seattle fans know that all too well, right? You went from having a great offensive line to all of a sudden you have a patchwork O-line there. On that note, what's interesting here is if you look around the NFL right now, and this this ends up being true more often than not, unless you're an otherworldly quarterback, a Rodgers, a Brady, a Mahomes, something of, the, of that nature, the teams that are playing the best right now have the best offensive lines. You're damn right. Most like most important position in sports is quarterback. Quarterback. Like if you're talking about a position group, it's the offensive oh, line. You kidding me? But if you look at it right It'd now, be hot garbage. Without listen, it. I don't think it's a coincidence that Hurts and the Eagles getting better. Coincided with one hurts growing, but yep. two, their offensive line being a behemoth. Like they, they are the best offensive line in football. Yeah, and they remember. Gosh, what's that? What's that young man's name? Uh, he's the big old uh, Samoan dude that they never. Um, Jordan Maliata, mm. right? They took a flyer on him at left tackle. And they knew he was going to take his lumps, but if he grew into being a good football player, he was athletic enough to do it. He is six foot eight, three hundred and sixty-five pounds, and he moves like a deer. He is a big old human being, and they knew they were going to take some lumps for a while. <laughs> Turns out, pretty good. 
Turns out worth it. And then you've got Lane Johnson on the other side, who hasn't allowed a sack since like week 11 of last year. But as we've gone through this and and we look at what happened last night in Thursday Night Football, the offensive lines are bad. But then you have another situation going on with the Denver Broncos in that they have a coach that because of week one in the decision at the end of the game where Nathaniel Hackett looked like a deer in headlights, well, really, all game long. Again. But in crunch time, when it mattered the most, he's going to have an extra spotlight on him, right? Then you have a quarterback in Russell Wilson that is not performing like a $245 million quarterback will. And it's amplified a little bit more with the fact that he doesn't have – Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy are good. He does not have a DK Metcalf or a Tyler Lockett on that offense right now. His safety blankets that he used so well in Seattle, he didn't got a DK. He didn't have that go-to stud number one. And you are seeing that he's still trying to work through some stuff. He's trying to figure out who those guys are. And oh, by the way, his offensive line isn't great either. Um, But it's, I will, again, I said this before and I'll say it again. Russell Wilson, remember, it was the O-line, the O-line, the O-line in, in Seattle as well. This offensive line is supposed to be better than what Seattle had. And it's supposed to be better weapons. It's supposed to be better this. It's supposed to be better that. It's supposed to be letting Russ cook. Okay. All of these things. And none of it has added up to a single game of Russell Wilson being what he is supposed to be, whether it's extending a play and, and, and just drawing out magic, throwing a great deep ball, finding guys on the underneath routes, doing all the things that have made him w- – uh, uh, I mean, probably a, a Hall of Fame quarterback. And it's all gone the wayside. And this is where I go to the Nathaniel Hackett and Russell Wilson kind of fights between each other, right? Who's getting more blame here? Who should get more blame here, Russ or Hackett? Now, Hackett with the deer in the headlights looks, that is one thing. Nathaniel Hackett also may be riding the coattails of one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time in Aaron Rodgers because, remember, he was also the offensive coordinator in Jacksonville for the Jaguars when Doug Marone was a head coach there, too, before he went up to Green Bay. So it could be a little bit of that, and that's what some of the Denver kind of naysayers are saying right now. But he has his holes, and he can grow because he is a first-year head coach, and we're look, look, we're only five games into his tenure as the head coach. How long will it last? That all depends on if he can figure it out. Dude has, what, 31 coaches? I I heard Woody Page was on uh, with Colin earlier, and he said that Hackett has 31 coaches on staff. What? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's incredible. And they're still screwing things up? I hope that's hyperbole, but he's got this massive coaching staff. He brought people in just to help him with controlling the clock. But there's also, it's always been an issue with Russell Wilson in the red zone because Richard Sherman even said it last night. Like, Richard Sherman was going through some stuff on the Thursday night postgame show. Yes. You need one yard. Run the ball. Run, what, run the ball. That's CT. He's triggered. All he has He's to triggered. do is run the football. Like, <laughs> necessary criticism. I'm not, you know, I've said enough criticism for him, but God dang, run the dang ball. Like, learn from your mistakes. I, I, he was having a moment. Part of that was like a, a bit of a caricature, but yeah. part of that was also very real. Well, he tweeted out immediately after the right as it was happening, the gif of Richard Sherman in the look on his face during the Super Bowl 
when he Russell Wilson threw the interception to Malcolm Butler. And Ryan Fitzpatrick didn't help things out by telling Richard Sherman, like, hey, by the way, same rub concept that you guys used in that Super Bowl that he threw the pick on, Hamler was wide open using that same concept. Uh-uh. And it was a man beater. And when you have man, which he did, clear as day, uh, you throw to that side, and he never even worked over to that side, and Hamler was wide open dragging across. Here is an issue. You can blame Nathaniel Hackett for game management stuff, and that's justifiable. Not kicking the field goal and going for it on fourth down, that's justifiable, right? But here is where the rubber meets the road. This comes from ESPN Stats and Info. Russell Wilson went 0 for 6 last night on pass attempts to the end zone. He is a league worst 2 for 18 on end zone attempts for the season. Think about that. It comes down to execution. He had a guy open and could have ended the game in OT. He could have gone somewhere else than the ball that got knocked down at the end of regulation, right? You can blame Nathaniel Hackett, but Russell Wilson has been awful. And that's not all scheme in the red zone because there have been guys that are open. Russ has got to get him the ball. Two for 18 on passes to the end zone this year. And this is why I asked. 0 for 6 last night. Who is the bigger problem, <clears throat> Hackett or Russ? I don't even think it's a chicken or age. I think they both have sucked. I think yes is the answer. Yes. And I, that's the thing. You're hitched to Russ. Hey, you want to see uh, some people all up in their feelings and emotions? Let's talk to Big John Sukanik. The Mariners <laughs> are going to end the 21-year postseason drought at 1.07 p.m. Big John will have his final thoughts before the drought ends next. Danny and Dusty on the fan. This is a Football Friday edition of Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by the Odyssey app. On 1080 The Fan. After... 3,138 regular season contests. The Seattle Mariners are ending a playoff drought that is old enough to drink. It is uh, Mariners postseason time, and no better person to bring on to talk about the Mariners postseason than John Sukanik. Uh, S- bigger Sukanik, how are you feeling right bigger. now? <laughs> I think I've watched all of those 3,365 games or whatever that was. <laughs> I'm, pretty sure, I'm pretty sure I've watched them all. So uh, uh, somebody asked me earlier today if I was nervous, and the answer is absolutely yes, but it's the kind of nervous that's born out of excitement. You can't fake that. Like there's nervous, like the spider's going to jump on you or you're, you know, the tree's going to fall on your car. And then there's nervous born out of excitement, and that's what I have right now. And I haven't felt that in 21 years. So uh, my heart's racing a little bit right now, fan man. When you're looking at this right now, are, are, we, are we changing rituals? Or are we standing by, the, are we standing by the, the old standbys? No, this is an isolation game, uh, Danny. This is a I'm, I'm leaving work early. I'm on my way home. I'm going to go down into the man cave and close the door. Uh, everybody knows, and uh, I need I need to be in controllable surroundings. I need my hat. I need my Mariner stuff. I need my TV, and I need to be uninterrupted for nine innings. So this is 
this is definitely a, an isolation game for me. I got the important question here, though. What, what, what are we eating? <laughs> Here's what's funny is uh, I was at the Cal Raleigh walk-off game, and uh, I was there with my son, and we ate before the game, and then we're like, well, we'll get something during the game. And we got to about the fourth or fifth inning, and I was like, hey, do you want, like, a pretzel or nachos or something? And he's like, Dad, I can't. Like, I don't feel good. And I'm like, yeah, yeah me either. So um, I, I don't know that I could eat anything right now. I don't, I, don't know this is, I don't know that this is a order pizza, have wings game. I, I need to clear hearts, clear stomach, clean mind. I need to be focused. And uh, if we win, I will be hungry and we'll do something. But during the game, I think I'm going to go straight to nine inning fast, gentlemen. How how uh, did your your employer respond to you being like, "Yeah, I'm just cutting out early today"? I do. Was it complete understanding, or are they finding out right now? Uh, they might. Well, they know I'm gone. I didn't just leave. <laughs> I, I put in for time off. They they may not know why, but if if my boss knows me, then she knows. But what's funny is couple of co-workers that were like dude why are you taking pto just go park somewhere and stream it on your phone and i was like well normally maybe but again i need a total i need controllable surroundings i need no distractions i need to focus uh this is a big game so i uh, i needed to take off and go home for this one okay now when here's here's the next question that i have we're talking to john sukanik uh mariner's number one fan um catch 365 did you get it out of the way already or are you going to do it after the game i'm going to do it after the game and what i figured was is uh, my youngest son jackson has kind of become a fan with me through this catch 365 okay. we were there at the cal raleigh game we played catch before the game and look what happened so i think you know in the superstitious realm of baseball fans um, I'm going to play catch with him again today and hope that we get a similar result. Okay. And, and, but you're doing it after. You said you uh, the Cal Raleigh game, you played catch with him before. You're going to play catch with him yeah, after. So, he may be catching some fastballs if this doesn't go your way. Uh, well, if it doesn't go my way, you're going to get a lot of slow. Uh, I may just roll the ball to him. It'll just be <laughs> slow, off-speed stuff. If, if we win... That's when I might. Uh, that's when I might have to break out the radar gun and throw some adrenaline pitches. But uh, we'll see how it goes. I'm, I feel a little optimistic, but I'm nervous for sure. I know it's cliche as hell. I know it is. But 21 years is pretty unprecedented in sports. What is this? It's hideous. What is this like when you wake up this morning? What does it feel like knowing that that's gone after 21 years? <laughs> it. Um, you ever, when you're a kid, you ever, you're ever in a pool and you, you're with some buddies and you're trying to do, like, who can hold your breath the longest? Yeah. And it's competition, so you're really trying. Like, you're under the water. You're right by the surface. You're close. Like, we're not buried, but you're close, and you're holding out as long as you can. And that last minute, that last few seconds before you gasp for air, like, it's just painful. And then when you gasp for air... It's just such a sweet release. That's, that was Cal Raleigh's home run. That's right now. That's how it feels to have that drought out of the way. That's, that's the best way I could describe it. Is your family worried for you? Like, have you guys yeah, had a conversation they, about this? 
Well, and you know my brother, Dusty, and he has <laughs> said for years, he has said for years that the Mariners will kill me. And the, the assumption was always just the drought and the angst and some – but now that we're here, he's kind of shifted gears, and he's like, well, maybe it'll be the playoffs that kill you. And it's possible, it is possible that that could happen. So my family's very understanding. They know I'll be in seclusion in the West Wing today. They realize that, not to bother me. And I think my wife was like, well, you know, 4 o'clock, I hope, I hope you're in a good mood, and we'll kind of go from there. All right, so what's the expectation for today, then? I feel good about it. I really do. The one, uh, this team, this team is really built on pitching and defense, which is important in the playoffs. I think we'll pitch fine. I think Castillo will be good. Um, I'm a little worried about the offense. We've had a tendency uh, this year to go missing, and uh, you know, I, I think they'll hold Toronto to three or four runs, but that means we got to score four or five, and that's not easy for this team sometimes. So. I would say I'm mildly optimistic and extremely hopeful. All right. Uh, who needs to come up big? Obviously, outside of Luis Castillo, who is uh, on the bump for the Mariners against the Blue Jays. Who needs to have the hot bat? Are you going with uh, Ty France or Julio, or are you going to go with uh, Suarez? Who needs to have the hot bat for the Mariners today? Yeah, I think, and you know this, the playoffs, the playoffs are all about, one of the things that's great about playoff baseball is you get that unspoken hero. And I think Julio is going to be fine. I think he's going to play like a star. Um, you know, I think Suarez is going to be fine. He's been good all year. I, I think we need one other guy to step up and kind of the, kind of the de facto in the back captain that's kind of driving this whole thing. I think it's going to be Mitch Haniger today. I think Haniger, uh, he came out with that Players Tribune article last year that kind of galvanized the fan base. He's been an he's been an outspoken emotional leader all year. I think uh, Mitchy the Kid is going to come up with a big moment today, and uh, that's what I'm looking forward to. Well, um, it needs to it needs to be said that uh, maybe they need some. Well, what did Niehaus always used to say? The, the Mariners have erupted, right? Remember, that used to be the tagline on big, those avalanche innings. Maybe we'll get a Mariners erupt for an inning in honor of Dave Niehaus, who called the last Mariners playoff game and actually called games for nine more years after that before he passed away in 2010. My goodness, it's been a long time. I saw a quote today, a stat today, Dusty, that said this is, Mariners playoff game. Um, the la- this is the the last, the only playoff Mariner playoff game that Lou Pinella hasn't managed and Martinez has played in. And I, I think that is both sad and sad on both levels. So <laughs> hopefully, hopefully we turn that around today. It's a new generation. It's a rising team. I think the window is just now open. And uh, I hope they kick kick the door down today and get a big win. There he is. John, we appreciate the time. I know that you are a ball of emotion, uh, but we wanted to get it all out now. So when uh, we hear mailing it in with you later on tonight, we have the pregame and we can get the postgame feelings of Big John Sukanic. Uh Hey, 21 years is far too long. And uh, congratulations on your M's getting there. Now let's keep this thing rolling. 
I like that, man. Thanks for having me on. And to everybody out there listening, go Mariners! <laughs> there Good he luck, is. buddy. Oh, big John Sukanik. And uh, that man loves his Mariners baseball. We are 10 minutes away from first pitch between the Mariners and uh, the Toronto Blue Jays. Here is a number as Albert Pujols is at the plate for the Cardinals right now. With two on and no out. Here are the players. Albert Pujols, since the Mariners' last playoff game has recorded 3,107 hits and 642 home runs. <laughs> that according to MLB.com. Woo, doggy. Otherwise, yeah. another Hall of Fame career. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. Uh, all right, Mariners, get this thing underway. Uh, less than 10 minutes uh, from now up in Toronto, north of the border. Uh, you can catch that game over on our sister station, ESPN 910. Uh, ESPN Portland. All right, a great weekend of Pac-12 football, though. Let's get ready for the carnage. Danny and Dusty on the... T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.